shooting out sparks over 38 states, the Canadian plains, and the tequila fields of Mexico. A program most deserving of a grand introduction. The Nocturnal Journal. The talk of the town. WGN Radio 720. With your guide, Dave Hoekstra. Daytime turns me off and I don't mean maybe. Hello there. Welcome to Nocturnal. Can you hear me? Welcome to Nocturnal Journal. I'll turn it up a little bit. Uh, thanks for listening tonight in a snowy Chicago land. And thanks to all our guests for coming in tonight. And in the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to have our uh, favorite house band, Imperial Sound, playing some pop and soul music. Uh, 9.30, we're going to have Will Binington, well-known Chicago photographer. He's going to talk about all the cruises, uh, rock and roll music cruises he takes. And we're going to begin uh, with one of our uh, return guests, Michael Gebert, the editor and author of Food Editor 99. Well, there. Thank you for having me again on this Grubhub kind of night. Yeah. So uh, thanks for coming in. Uh, tell the listeners right off the bat what Food Editor 99 is. 99 restaurants, you rate them. Yeah, it's just kind of talking about what are the places that have me excited right now. If you cornered me and said, hey, where should I go? I want to go eat this kind of thing or whatever. Um, that's pretty much what I put in book form. And it's really the message behind it, too, is there's great things all over the city at every price point, every cuisine, every nationality, whatever it is. There's just a lot to discover out there. You put up with a lot living in the city. You might as well get the good things out of it from living here. And to me, one of those is you know, knowing the taco place, knowing the great old pizza place, knowing the new place, whatever it is. When did you start this? Uh, this is the third edition of the book. So it's come out every November uh, now for three years running. And Fooditor is my website, which has also run about three years. And plug the website? Yeah, fooditor.com. Uh, talk about all kinds of different things about Chicago food. And uh, you sold over... 2,500 copies last year? Yeah, so far. That must uh, be because you were on our show. Exactly, exactly. It surged after that. Uh, yeah, the nice thing was somebody bought about 600 of them for a meeting and gave oh, them oh, really? to all the people coming to Chicago. So I'm encouraging that sort of thing strongly. What made you get, I, you've been on the show before, but what made you get into this? I mean, what was your background? I mean, and there's so much food writing and food criticism in this town. So what made you want to get into it and how did you find your niche? Well, you know, it's one of the reasons I moved to Chicago. I'm originally from Wichita, Kansas, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, home of both Pizza Hut and White Castle. So, you know, major contributor to American culture. And uh, when, I, when I moved here, I mean, it was for all the things that you could do here, including food and deep dish pizza and all that kind of stuff. So I always loved exploring the city for it. And I worked in advertising. I still do a little. And uh, it was just around the dot-com crash and 9-11 and stuff like that, advertising was pretty quiet for a while. And so I discovered online forums like Chowhound to talk about food with other people. And that was actually a fantastic thing because you could learn stuff so fast. You know, you could start on Monday asking, you know, what's the deal with Mexican tortillas? And by Friday, you were a major local expert on the subject. So, um, yeah, I just... and. Got to know people, went out and tried a lot of these places, wrote about them online, said what I thought. And after a while, certain publications started trying to recruit us to write about this or that for them. You know, so I wrote for The Reader. I wrote for The Reader quite a bit. I wrote for uh, Time Out Chicago when it was, uh, you know, a print weekly here and various other things like that. When you moved here, I, I, I assume you had visited Chicago. Only once, Only once? really. 
Um, but you know, I, as soon as I had my first job in advertising, I was looking where I wanted to go with my second. So I went to New York and I went to Chicago and I liked Chicago. So what'd you like about Chicago? I, I mean, it was a little more Midwestern and approachable, uh, but it still offered all the things that I, you know, I wanted to move to the big city for. So were you surprised, uh, how passionate people are about the restaurants and the food scene as you, as you became involved in Chicago? I mean, you know, that's one of the things that I really liked about it. Yeah. I mean, that people, people will tell you what their favorite pizza or their favorite Italian beef is in no uncertain terms. You know, if you, I mean, I wrote a lot of those, uh, those lists for, publications like thrillist and yeah. you know no one ever says wow that's great you told me about this place i never heard of they all say i can't believe you left off you know yeah, their right. favorite place yeah. so <laughs> um so when you talk about how you put this together maybe like when do you start are you out looking now for stuff for next year's volume oh, constantly, how, what, what's constantly. the process like and then i really wanted to ask you um what excites you what's your criteria what how does someone make it into the book and how do they not make it in the yeah book? i mean it, it, two things really one of them is i just like the place that tries harder if there's three mexican restaurants on a block there's a reason why one of them is more popular and it has lines out the door and you know they're the ones who who just like are putting more love into it putting more effort into it um so that's always a good sign and i do, you know it's just it's like what's the story what's the what's the feel there i mean i like being transported to other places if you walk in a place and it really feels like mexico or a street food place that really feels like street food in china not that i've been to china but you know that's one of the things that's great about walking around chinatown you can feel like you're there uh so we have so many examples of that so many different cuisines where you get a taste of this and a taste of that i mean we were just in thailand and i never i don't think once i was like oh well this is what thai food really is mm -hmm. the whole time it was just kind of like oh yeah this is a really good example of what i've already had in chicago so it's it's you know a lot of these things are really strong here and it's fun to discover them you mentioned how a place feels are there different uh, values systems you use as you as you rate stuff for the book i mean obviously the food the quality of the food the quality of the service the way the place feels how does all yeah, it's all it's all of that in uh -huh. an intangible way i mean there's not any kind of scoring system or anything uh -huh. like that uh and the numbers are you know totally spurious if you're going to ask me how number 42 is better than number 43 i don't know i <laughs> yeah, just that was put, them, put them there um <laughs> But I, it's just, it is all those things. I mean, do you, do you like going there? Do you, do you want to go back? I mean, whether or not I go back is a big clue to how I really feel about a place. If I thought, you know, if I told people, oh yeah, that's, that's a really good place. And then I don't go back for a year. Well, that kind of tells you what I really think. Chicago has said, thank goodness for the food at her 99. That's a, right, a nice blurb right there. It's something people can have in their car, in their glove compartment. Yeah, that That's was fun. the whole point, really, was coming up with something that was inexpensive. It's six ninety nine. Yeah. Um, it's published uh, through Amazon, so it's it's very up to date. I literally like finish it on Friday, and you can order it on Monday. And it's yeah, it's it's a convenient size, fits in the glove compartment. You know, no one's gonna break into your car to steal it. So you know, it's 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 a very convenient sort of package. 
You know what I like about you is uh, you, I'm, sometimes I'm intimidated by the fruit scene here. I don't go out <laughs> as much as I used to, but it, it, sometimes, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I just said I don't go out as much as I used to, but you're not, you're not pretentious. No, I, I, and there's, some of it's just like kind of daunting for me now. Like I, you know, and that's what I really uh, want it to be accessible yeah. about. I mean, some of it, you think of something like Devon Avenue where there's all those Indian restaurants. How would you know where to start there? Mm-hmm. How would you know what to go order at a place? And I, I've certainly done that where you, you try a place for the first time, you order the things that you know and like oh you ordered that oh that was the wrong thing to get there you, you know they're from this area so you should have ordered that well thanks <laughs> for telling me you know? yeah, yeah so so i mean that's kind of what i try to do i mean every restaurant has recommendations of certain things to try to make it easy to get your feet wet there and kind of start to understand what they're up to in line with that what i just said and what you just said um one of the comments you and i were talking about in our pre-interview make it sound like i'm really working hard here <laughs> was uh was but you're right i mean you need to take a broader view of the city than the west loop i mean the west loop's gotten so much press and the critics all love the restaurants in the west loop but you got to branch out branch out from that yeah yeah i mean there's so many interesting parts of the city uh the obvious one to me and it's the it's the part the one that has the most entries in the index in the book is logan square i mean that's really kind of the place where rents are more affordable for chefs trying to open relatively modest level places they're not opening 300 seat restaurants um so there's just a lot of interesting innovative stuff going on there but it's really happening all over the city i mean lincoln square will probably be the next hot area i mean it's got three michelin stars already you know and there aren't that many restaurants in it so what are, what are the ones in lincoln square? uh elizabeth goosefoot and band of bohemia which is actually a brew pub okay uh that does really good food each have a michelin star uh so you know that's more than most states so, yeah, 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 yeah. In that neighborhood. You mentioned uh, the rents and and attracting chefs. It's the same thing with artists and musicians and stuff. As neighborhoods get upscale and and rents go up and and cost of living goes up, how do you retain uh, the chefs and the people who work in restaurants? And, yeah, well, a lot of times you don't. I yeah. mean, we're seeing a lot of uh, closings and stuff in the West Loop as and new things will move in, and you'll see chains move in. I mean, there'll be it, there there are already some, and there'll be many more within a couple of years there. And that's why, to me, it's important to look at other parts of the city. You know, look at Logan Square, look at Lincoln Square, look at Bridgeport, wherever things are, you know, are happening. That's where you poke around. I mean, there's there's one of the places I list in the book is in uh, Portage Park. It's called Front Room. And it's just kind of a a little, you know, daytime coffee place that has some, like, cured fish and stuff like that. Really nicely made stuff. I mean, nobody goes to Portage Park to eat. It's hard to even think of a famous restaurant in that part of town, except maybe Superdog. I don't know. (laughs) But, uh, you know, but, but this is, this is a nice little place that's, that's running according to its own ideas of what would be good to make. And, that's the kind of thing I like to salute. We were talking, you you bring out a good point, and I think it's a valid point. I'm seeing this in other places besides just Chicago. I know in Indianapolis it's happening. Multi, multicultural growth outside of the city and in the suburbs and stuff. Like you said, Indian and Schaumburg and Korean and Niles. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff happening. In, in and, it and we have suburban listeners, and there's a lot of stuff happening out there. Yeah, it, there's a lot of it out there, and it doesn't get much coverage from, from media. It's really up to people to kind of discover it for themselves. But it's, you know, the, any 
any ethnic group, when they immigrate, they immigrate to the city. By the time the second generation comes around, they often move out to the suburbs. For sure. And, you know, so you've got, you've got all kinds of Korean and Niles. Like you said, you know, Schomburg is Indian. There's all kinds of uh, Middle Eastern in the south suburbs, you know, Palos Park and places like that. Uh, and really you poke around. I mean, you're in Westchester. You're not that far from this kind of a Chinese concentration out there, mm-hmm. like in Westmont and places yeah, like that. Yeah, it is. So, you know, just you poke around your city, look, look away from like the, the A level real estate highways that have big box things on them and look at sort of the B level streets. I think Mount Prospect, you just drive up some of the streets in Mount Prospect and it's, it's the United Nations up there. Sure. Yeah. So in your book, um, number 49 from Palos Heights. Alcifera Grill. That's the that's the highest rated suburban place. <laughs> seventy two. Yeah. I wrote it down. Seventy two fifteen West one hundred and third Street. That's Middle Eastern. Talk about that. Yeah, they uh, they're a, a Middle Eastern restaurant. It started as kind of like a butcher shop with a, with a little bit of a restaurant, and now they've opened up another much fancier restaurant as well. Uh, but yeah, they just they in the original butcher butcher shop one. I mean, they they would make like big cones of meat and grill them over charcoal inside. I mean. You knew you were in the right place when you drove into the parking lot and it was full of smoke. So, Okay, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and talk about the number one rated restaurant in your book. And then we're going to talk about uh, this Chicago Magazine article. Okay. I mean, it's kind of old, but you and I haven't talked about it yet. So <laughs> don't go away on Nocturnal Journal on WGN. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGM. We're with Michael Gebert, editor of Fooditor, Fooditor 99. Where's it available? Uh, mainly on Amazon, but some local bookstores have it. Roscoe Books by My House does. I think uh, Read and, and Eat does, which is a cookbook bookstore. Um, who knows? Look it's, around, ask them for it. Okay, the drum roll. Number one, Oriole. Oriole is just a really sweet, warm, high-end restaurant. They do like a tasting menu kind of thing where it's like they just bring you what they have. And it's interesting stuff, very, very delicately and beautifully made. But it's also just really nice service, really warm people. Um, and it's just, I, to me, there's no better, if, you know, you want to have a really special occasion, that's the place to go drop a uh, three-figure sum at dinner. Is there a dress code there? Uh, I think you'd feel funny if you went in like this. badly underdressed. <laughs> yeah. A hoodie. Um, what's the cuisine? I mean, I mean I've never been to Oriole, obviously. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, you call it continental, kind of French-influenced, but not particularly French. Uh, some Asian influence too. I mean, everybody does that now. Sort of like little, little tiny bits of seafood on everything and stuff like that. So I did. I did tease the listeners. We were, I did want to talk about this. Uh, when did this come out? It was Chicago yeah, Magazine a month piece. Or so ago. Oh, that that recent. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. longer than that. Um, and they kind of said the scene is faded here. And I, I was reading you during the break a, a quote uh, from the editor of Plate that said, "Well, to paraphrase that we've we've lost our creativity here." I think we're maybe a little bit in a lull between one thing and the next thing and and I wouldn't argue with that. I think I think there's good points made in the book. He talks about the thing that the innovation in in immigrant restaurants is often outside the city now and doesn't get much coverage. Right. So I don't I don't argue with a lot of that. 
part of it, I think, is he's talking about how people from outside the city view the city. And again, it's the West Loop problem. They're not going any further than that. And they're not discovering what's out in the neighborhoods, which to me is the more interesting part. Was the backlash to this article surprising? Again, it's just like we're talking about. There's such ownership to the scene. I think here. it was. It's, I think it was asking for it. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a bit of a booster thing here for sure. sure there is that, that there. people, you know, how how dare you say that? Well, it's, you know, sometimes criticism is deserved. So I think he made some good points and and a, you know an interesting debate. Back to the multicultural thing. Did you create a Facebook group or something? Is there a Facebook where you can learn more about all that? I thought I read that. Um. Not really. I, I, I actually, I'm trying to get more, uh, other people in food media to kind of explore outside the city. So yeah, I started a, a group to get them together and I haven't done anything with it since I've gotten back from Christmas. <laughs> but one of these days I'll set something up and his number one item in here. And this is the last thing I'll say about it was we've not figured out local and seasonal cooking. Well, again, I mean, the climate tonight, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's I a tough place. I don't know how to answer that one. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good thing to think about if you're a chef. Should I be doing more or something different? But, I mean, the reality is our, our growing season is three months if we're lucky. So it's just not – we're never going to be California in that same way. Yeah. There are places that have their own gardens. Though. And we talked about on Common Ground. They've been yeah. on the show. And- I mean, a lot of people are doing that. They're growing stuff uh, indoors one way or another. Um, and, yeah, I mean, or they preserve the thing. I mean, this is kind of what you see more here, and I think this is kind of innovative, is, you know, they'll preserve the stuff they have in some way and use it in through the winter. Sure. Um, whether it's pickled or dried or whatever it is. Uh, so, you know, that's that to me is a source of creativity here. In the process of doing this um, every year, I mean, what's the surprises for you? You know, I think uh, one of a the, specific surprise, a general surprise. I yeah. mean, sometimes it's just a place that that's kind of out of nowhere. I, I mentioned to you that Phnom Coffee, which is a Hungarian restaurant and coffee shop run by puerto ricans i don't understand how that happened i guess like one of the guy's girlfriend or something is hungarian but it's cool i mean it's like you haven't had that before why not go have that so that's in the i guess at old irving neighborhood uh-huh. or irving park or something like that right by the expressway on irving uh check it out it's it's fun and they're very they're very friendly so and that's uh that's great that's a Great emblem of Chicago. That's yeah, like a mix. Yeah. Um, talk about the stuff at the back of the book. I like this. Um, with all the, uh, you have a list of like legacy restaurants. Lem's Barbecue, of course, Manny's Cafeteria. You know, people ask me sometimes. Johnny O's in Bridgeport. I've Johnny been O's in yeah. Bridgeport. Yeah. Um, you know, people will ask me, so you have Johnny's Beef in there? It's like, well, one, you already know about Johnny's Beef. You don't need to read it about in my book. And also, it's just like, it's not news to tell you about Johnny's Beef. But I thought it'd be fun to do kind of a classics list there. So I got, yeah, you know, what's what's the old Greek restaurant to go to? What's the barbecue place to go to? And kind of tick off all those all those classics. It's just kind of a bonus at the end of the book. You said uh, at the beginning of the interview that uh, there were like 600, you sold 600 through a group that was coming to Chicago for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, it was when a le- legal conference, and so they they bought one for everybody. And what do they when when people come and get this? What what's the feedback you get? If, you know, I I think they really liked it. I think they they saw because you hear about the same three restaurants if you're from out of town, and they're all booked up already. So mm-hmm. then what do you do? Uh, and so it's it was a way for them to find out a lot of these places and and discover some things that they wouldn't have known about otherwise. I mean the feedback feedback that I got was very positive. So I hope people you know found cool things and had a good time. Well, thank you. Um, thanks so much for coming down, especially with the weather. Thanks, Michael. Well, thank you. Thanks, Liam. Nice to see you again.
Cubs, <laughs> Cubs hat. And tell before we uh, wrap it up, tell people how they can find the book. Uh, on Amazon and certain local independent bookstores. Support your independent bookstore. Okay. All right. And uh, happy eating. We'll see you again. All right. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. We'll be back with Will Binington after this. David Jennings in the News on WGN.